the Illuminati Social Club, the podcast you don't want they to know about. Welcome to the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. And tonight we have yet another special. Uh, first of all, before, before I forget... Uh, huge, 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 huge thank you to Rodney Anonymous for uh, for coming on last week to talk about uh, what was it? What was that video called? Uh, 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 revival of Evil. <laughs> yes, Revival of Evil. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Steve. Yes. Thank you. No, I really, I really enjoyed it. I had, a, I had a good time. Thanks, Oliver, and thanks to Stephanie for, for everyone for for popping on and. Oh, just popping off on that video. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, anyway, as you heard, I have uh, I, I just have Steve here uh, this week. And That's true. Uh, you you point you pointed me to another video that I uh-huh. barely remember. Um, I. I thought I had heard some. I I can't remember if I heard about this thing or not. I had heard about it after the fact, but yeah. I don't think I never watched it. Um, I, I I I didn't see it when it originally aired. I I came to it afterwards. Um, sorry. I am uh, as you could hear by Steve's uh voice. He's coming in a little a little hot here. I am uh, I I forgot to do levels before we ever started. So. <laughs> anyway nice. I don't mind coming in hot righty. so Steve why don't you tell us what we what we watched and what we're going to be discussing here okay now the way I'm going to, to, to say the show's title is not the way they say it in the show However, <laughs> I am following the punctuation marks that they have yes. because the first part is a question and the second part is an, has an exclamation point. Yes, and you better you better follow the Associated Press style guide. So exactly. So it, it's from 1988, um, and it's called UFO Cover Up Live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it live. Yes, and it was uh, it was hosted by, and I I love I love the introduction by distinguished actor producer Mike Farrell. Yes, yes, BJ Honeycutt. Yes, Beej is uh, hosting it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, oh, how the you know. It, Mike Farrell was on, you know, one of the, you know, undisputed, one of the most popular TV shows of all time. It's true. And, oh, how the mighty have fallen here. You, 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 you get the sense that this was a paycheck. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it is horrible. Um, yes. We we have a little of everything in this video. We have we we have people with with blurry uh, motion tracked videotape. 
We sure. have Russians. Yes. One nine hundred numbers. Uh huh. We'll talk about the one nine hundred numbers. Um. Oh yeah. We also have blacked out faces and distorted voices because, sure. of course. <laughs> Because no one will ever find out who they are. Oh, and oh, and they're named after birds. So yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and we have, uh, you know, uh, what do we have here? We have a lot of uh, hearsay, speculation, and um, just wild ass guessing. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and people that we cannot verify their accuracy. Right. Like having people from the USSR, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is before the fall the fall of the Soviet Union. So, um, and the secret, even with Perestroika at the time, mm-hmm. the very secretive country that nation that the USSR was. <sighs> it's it's like you just say it was from Russia, and every, and you, you can never verify that, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Um, I, I just kept thinking like the, the first guy from Russia, you know, he probably had, yes. there, there's probably somebody off camera holding a gun to his head. Um, <laughs> um, uh, let's see. They, they show, I, I love the, I love the way that somehow they they, they try to exercise their credibility by showing, uh, you know, movie clips from like 1950s sci-fi movies. Yeah. And, uh, oh, by the way, one of them that they showed was Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> you know, they spared no expense for that one. That was, okay. It... <coughs> Excuse me. In, ca- in case you are unfamiliar, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space is uh an ed wood film uh ed wood is possibly one of the worst directors ever in the history of cinema um there there might be one today that's worse but um the movie was done on what was the budget for it like like 10 bucks (laughs) something like that yeah Uh, you could see the you could see the string that holds up the UFO. Yep. Um, One of those actors died halfway through. Yes that that would that was Bella Lugosi, wasn't it? Yep, it was. That now, if you ever see the movie Ed Wood, um, man, they Martin Landau plays uh, Bella Lugosi, and man, he he plays a truly uh, sympathetic character. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's jump in here. All right, uh, I'm I'm going to play the intro to this because it is just yeah. I was on the way to my grandma's house about four years ago, and this big flash of light in the sky appeared with all different colors coming down from it, and it was like it was going to land right in front of us. And it never did. It just shot up in the air all of a sudden really fast. And it was right before Christmas time. And my mom and everyone else saw it. And we really thought it was neat. We noticed a very bright star-like object raised behind the rim of the forest. It was rising slowly at angle in our direction. 
Then, when it had reached a considerable height and was right above us, we saw a flash like an explosion. Then this object turned and disappeared out of sight of tremendous speed. While the sightings in the Soviet Union are sensational, the story of Gulf Breeze will play a major role in our program tonight. We're down here in Florida, where we've assembled a whole town full of people who say they've seen the UFO that's haunted this community since last November. The fact that we are in contact with the extraterrestrials shouldn't be hidden from the people. My name is William Coleman. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here. Because we we had that, that was uh, that uh, that that voice that you heard that was that was Falcon. Uh, uh, first of all, I I could not even get any clips of them of of either of them because they were so horribly distorted. Yeah, that it just would have come come across as uh, you know mush. Yeah. Um. So we had uh, we had uh, let's see. Young young girl uh, talking about light in sky. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Stereotypical Russian-sounding interpreter. I mean, all he had to say was uh, borscht and vodka, and I, you know. (laughs) I must break you. Oh, wait. Actually, I was kind of hoping that uh, the one who's on later, I wanted him to say moose and squirrel. Um. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, we have uh, yeah blacked out faces and disguised voices to enhance, yep. as I say here, to enhance credibility. Yes, yes. But of course, we know who who Falcon is. So, who is it? Richard. Uh, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. It's D O T Y Doty or Dotty. Richard Doty. Richard Doty. Okay. It's 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 Richard Doty. Uh, <laughs> That's who it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love the, uh, so in the intro, uh, Mike Farrell, uh, you know, I'm just going to call him Beach. Uh, yeah, be- <laughs> uh, you know, if, if what they're going to discuss is true, uh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> none of it is, um, a third of the American public denied the existence of UFOs. Uh, that doesn't make them any more credible or less credible, uh, well, again, it's it's always the thing about you know polls and stuff like mm. that. We don't we don't know what the poll was, right? And so, if the question was something along the lines of, "Do you believe in in extraterrestrial beings visiting <laughs> us?" is a lot different than "Do you believe that people are seeing unidentified flying objects in the sky?" Right. That's that. There's a big difference mm-hmm. between those 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 two things. Right. Because um, I'd say yes to one, no to the other, right? You one, know, it's, it's it's that kind of thing. One one of my fa- one of my favorite things to say when it comes to opinion polls is there are people who still think Elvis is alive. It doesn't make him any less dead. Nope. <laughs> uh, and it, then they go into the close encounters. Yes. Uh, the first kind. Uh, you know, somebody's seen a daylight disc or a, a light at night. Yes. They, they use, I love the language. Seen a daylight disc or a nocturnal light in the sky. In other words, <laughs> you saw something either in the, in the sky, either during the day or during the night. Yes. Uh, 
the set. Uh, uh, close encounter of the second kind is evidence made by the craft. In other words, like crop circles or burn trees or, well, crop circles actually are not a, uh, are, are not made by UFOs. They're made by people. Oh, to be fair at the time, nobody was sure. Right. I mean, we, we know now. Oh, but, yeah. But at the time, they were still a mystery. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a Steven Spielberg movie. Um, Yeah, and they do reference it in there. They do make reference to it, yeah. Uh, They witness or make contact with the occupants of the UFO. And the fourth kind, uh, Witness uh, witness claims to have been abducted. Uh, That that would be the closest encounter. Yes. And, and, you know, the aliens better buy you dinner before that. Um, Call me in the morning. Uh, they never do. Now, there, there's one thing I wanted to know, and that is, how much did they make off of this? That, well, that's a good question. Because they had five one nine hundred numbers set yeah. up at yeah. a nominal charge of $1 per call. Yeah. And the thing that I liked about it mm-hmm. is, like, you could call if you had no experience at all. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Right, because yet because because they had different numbers. If you had a, a close encounter of the first kind, and then the final one was you can call us if you had no experience. It's like and then and then Beach trying to be the funny guy. If if you haven't had an experience but would like to, that's a long distance call. Yeah, and I exactly. can't help you there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mash had better writers. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so then they talked to Thomas McDonough from SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, yes. and they they put it up as if uh, uh uh you know like he's saying that you know that there's extraterrestrial life on Earth. It's yes, like, no, he's you know he says nothing about UFOs. No. Um, he says, you know, based on the statistics of, you know, how many stars, how many planets there are around stars or, you know, and at that, you know, in 1988, we didn't know no. that, you know, there are a whole lot of extrasolar planets out there. Yeah. Just about every star in the galaxy has planets around it. Yeah. Um, but, he, you know, he just said... That there must be life elsewhere in the universe, which, you know, I mean, not just the galaxy, the universe. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't say intelligent life. He just says life. Yeah. You know, that means single cell organisms. Yeah, bacteria. Yep. Um. So, you know, I, and I picture I picture people watching this and like, you know. Like, ooh, the smart guy said, you know, uh, that there, there's UFOs are here, they're real, and aliens are here. And uh, um, well, he did start talking about fusion rockets. So. Yes, uh, that was, uh, you know, that that was still in its theoretical phase too. Yes, and I, we're still nowhere close to a fusion rocket. And th- and that's the thing. That's the thing too is the way he was talking. It was all very theoretical. Mm-hmm. So when he, even when he was talking about the possibility of oh, traveling yeah. through space, 
he was talking theoretically. Yes. Like, Which, yes, if, if we invent fusion rockets, <laughs> um, yes. then we could do that. Um, uh, and then, then we go into your, your favorite thing, Project Blue Book. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, oh, by the way, uh, spoiler alert here for, for the listeners. Um, was it Condor or Falcon? I can't remember which one. But I, oh, I think it was Falcon who is... Who, who is fully convinced of the MJ-12 documents. Yes. Uh, go back to our last UFO discussion on yep. hoaxes and yep. uh, listen to the section about uh, the MJ-12 documents. <laughs> well, we, we, get, we get two of the main uh, participants in the, MK, in the uh, Majestic 12 stuff, uh, Bill Moore and, and Jamie Shandera. Uh-huh. Shandera was the guy who originally got the documents. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and Bill Moore is the one who is who is alleged to have been part of the disinformation of the um, uh, by by the federal government, the American government. Hmm. So we've got like the two main guys <laughs> from the MJ12 disinformation hoax. Yes, involved. <laughs> uh, but before that. We talked to two retired colonels, Robert Friend and William Coleman. Yep. Um, now William Coleman, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that because again you mentioned my 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 enjoyment of Project Blue Book, mm-hmm. and I particularly enjoy the late '70s TV show Project UFO, which was about um, Project Blue Book and has a mash um, connection because the guy who played Colonel Flag. Was on the second second season. Oh wow! All right. right. Um, that was uh, that. That would be. Uh, 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 oh my god! I can't remember. I can't remember his name now off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, uh, Winter. Ed, uh, Edward. Yeah, that's right. Edward Winter. Yeah. Um, but William Coleman tells a story about him seeing a UFO, mm-hmm. and <laughs> having been the only one who's who's sort of listening to this and speaking on this, who has actually probably seen every episode of Project UFO. Uh, <laughs> it's very similar to a story that the character from the first season tells hmm. about him seeing a UFO. Hmm. And it was almost like he lifted it from that. Oh, he probably uh, did. TV series. He probably did. You know, I, you know, you gotta get, gotta have some, uh, yeah, got to get some good material. You know, th- this is a live broadcast. Yes. And also, 1988, there's no internet. No. No, there's not. So, you know, there's no fact-checking this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's not. Um Yeah, I don't I don't have any clips, but I could play sections, but I have to find them now. Mm. <laughs> um Oh, let's see. Where where else? Uh Well, they also they also they don't mention the name, but they 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 make reference to a, a fighter pilot who crashed chasing UFO. Hmm. Um and and I'm sure at some point we'll do an episode of sort of famous UFO cases. Right. Um and that's a reference to the 1948 Thomas Mantell crash. Hmm. Who what who was actually a, a fighter pilot? He was uh, flying a P fifty one D Mustang fighter, hmm. a very cool fighter 
jet uh, fighter plane. Cool. Um, in fact, I'm looking at a picture of one right now because I have it on my calendar for All December. Right. All right. Cool. Um, and he <laughs> flew up after a UFO uh, and then crashed as a result. Mm-hmm. They, they figured he like he passed out. G forces and all that, all that kind of stuff, um, and then um, unfortunately crashed um, and died as a result. Um, let's see, uh, which one was uh, it? I think this was um, was it Robert Friend who was the uh, he was the Air Force Colonel who described a UFO encounter from a military aircraft, but then uh, you know the whole crew filed a report with the air force but then when he joined project blue book his report was mysteriously gone yes um and like i said i didn't capture any clips of condor and falcon of course i i I didn't capture any clips um let me see where i am i'm at like the 10 minute mark here (laughs) programs and can state without reservation that the navy has no saucer-shaped aircraft or missile in any of these programs. Headlines around the country aroused so much attention that the Air Force formed an official investigative unit, Project Blue Book. With me now are two retired Air Force colonels who were actively involved in that inquiry. Colonel Robert Friend, who headed up Project Blue Book for five years, and Colonel William Coleman, a former Air Force squadron commander who was Pentagon spokesman and chief of public information for the Air Force. Colonel Friend, Colonel Coleman, welcome. Gentlemen, has the Air Force been involved with UFOs before the White House incident? Uh, During World War II, our pilots saw what were called gremlins and foo fighters. These were fireballs that appeared to fly along with our aircraft. Mm. We were concerned that these so-called foo fighters or fireballs might be foreign weapons that could threaten our national security. And did the Air Force ever try to chase a UFO? Yes, in fact, in 1948, one of our pilots crashed in pursuit of a UFO. The story made headlines all over the world. As I understand it, that crash added emphasis to the conclusion that UFOs were extraterrestrial visitors. That's true. But the Air Force rejected the conclusion on the grounds of insufficient evidence. Mm. Even the name of the project was changed from sign to grudge during that period to preclude this unhealthy association. However, by the time Blue Book involved, we started running into trouble. Hearings and inquiries regarding the way in which we were performing UFO investigations in every instance the Congress of the United States concurred Hmm. in the way in which we conducted these projects. However, we were not disappointed with the 1969 decision to discontinue Project Blue Book. Uh Out of the 12,000 reported UFO sightings, only 700 remained unexplained. Of that remainder, 100 of them really worried us. Why was that? Because these 100 sightings involved the two criteria that defined a worrisome phenomenon. High strangeness and high credibility, meaning that highly credible multiple witnesses, like military airline pilots, see something they've never seen before. Okay. So, 12,000 reports, 700 were, you know, remain unexplained, uh, which means that's not a very good ratio of, you know, they're, they're not really making their case here that no. 12,000 different reports and less way way less than a per 1% 
a fraction of a percent of them are still unexplained, and I, I guarantee you most of them can be explained by now. Well, well, that's, even as they were speaking, they they said, you know, they they said sort of a hundred of that seven hundred were worrisome. Were worrisome. Yes. <laughs> right. So the other six hundred probably had natural causes. They mm-hmm. just couldn't figure out what they were. Natural or man-made. Yeah, or, you know. yeah exactly. They all they just couldn't figure out what they were. We'll we'll, we'll talk about man-made uh, when we get to uh, Gulf Breeze, Florida. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and and just to just just to sort of uh, go to the beginning of that clip, the thing that they they refer to about the White House mm-hmm. is there in, in fifty two there was a famous uh, series of sightings in Washington D.C. of lights and and things in the sky, and th- that's what kind of started the the idea of creating what became Project Blue Book, right? Um, because understandably. There were all these reports of weird things in the sky, and the American government were worried that it might be the Soviet Union, yes. right? Here, you know, and so they they set up Blue Book um, in order to to look at this. So so that's that's the sort of impetus that they're they're talking about when they talk about the White House, because just before that clip, um, Mike Farrell again trying to be funny um, says, you know, well if if UFOs are here. Why don't they come to the White House? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, "Well, maybe they did." Uh, <laughs> and then and he, he segues into this with with that kind of really bad joke. Um, he segues into this clip um, because, again, it, you know, f- the fifty two incident was was another one of those sort of famous incidents. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, let's see. Where where do we go next here? Um, oh yeah, according to Condor, that's one of the uh, one one of the distorted voice um, people with um, yeah you know, uh, blacked out face. Yeah, uh, he says that the Project Blue Book was a very minimal operation consisting of an officer, an NCO, a secretary, and a scientist. I think he was watching the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> because in the TV show you had one officer, one NCO, and one secretary. There were no scientists, but oh. you know, it's like, well, you know, the the Air Force had a bigger budget, so they could afford a scientist. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I have here showing 1950s sci-fi movies is not proof of UFOs. No, no, especially Earth versus the Flying Saucer. <laughs> and they, it's, let's just say it's not your top quality UFO. But movie. I'm going to tell you, uh, the clip that they played from that kind of works against what they're doing. If you're, you know, what they're trying to do here, if you pay attention, because you know the couple is talking about what they saw, and the guy says, you know. I, I think we should think about this and try to figure out if it's actually what we saw. Yeah. In other words, uh, think about, you know, try to process what you saw and try to think if there's any natural explanation for it before you go run to the Air Force and tell them you saw a UFO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. 
so let's see. Uh, the next segment, the next segment, they talk about uh, sightings from airline pilots. Yeah, because airline pilots never make a mistake. No, never. And I have mentioned this before. Um, I think I mentioned this on uh, one of the UFO episodes that we talked about on In Search of. Um, you know, airplane glass is double thick. It's, it's yes. sometimes double pane or even triple pane. And air, airplane cockpits tend to have a lot of lights, uh, blinking mm-hmm. lights, uh, you know, always on lights, lights that, you know, maybe shouldn't turn on, but do. Um, and when you see the reflection of a light in double pane glass, you know, it, it looks it looks weird. Like when you move your head, it moves in a different way than you would expect. Exactly. So what are they seeing? You know, are they seeing a UFO out the window or are they seeing a cockpit light in the window? Yeah, exactly. And and I will stand by this explanation from here to kingdom come. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, cause, cause when you see something unusual, your mind tries to explain it and mm -hmm. it can't. And so you think that something weird is happening when it really isn't weird. And ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but, you know, that brain up in your head, it's kind of unreliable. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's, trying, it's trying to come up with explanations that uh, don't fit. Yeah, exactly. Or that fit in a very roundabout way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so now we come to uh, Dr. Richard Haynes and Dr. Daniels. I didn't get his first name. Neil. Uh, Neil, Neil Daniels. Neil Daniels. Um, and apparently in this, you know, in this section, uh, you know, be just trying to be a funny guy again. I know. Um, I think I have it right here. With me now are Dr. Richard F. Haynes and Captain Neil Daniels. Dr. Haynes, now retired, directed research and development projects at NASA's Ames Research Center for 20 years. Welcome, Dr. Haynes. Captain Daniels. Dr. Haynes, tell us about pilot sightings that you've been studying. Okay, uh, before I go on, could they have gotten some less squeaky chairs for a live broadcast? <laughs> well, you, you can tell it's live, too, because because there's points where they kind of talk over each other. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and and you know, like Beej is trying to ask a question, and somebody else starts speaking, and then he stops, mm-hmm. and then they stop, and, and then he starts, he asks the question, and then they answer the question, it's like, and, and you hear him go <clears throat> off, you know, like exactly, it's like you know, yeah, this is very. Um, <laughs> there's no <laughs> one take is always enough. <laughs> Not only did Mash have better writers, they had better directors yes. as well. <laughs> All right, back to the clip. Mike, I've dealt with over 3,000 pilot cases from all over the world, including some very skeptical pilots, I might add, who have since seen a UFO and completely changed their minds and risked their reputations. Mm. Why do you limit your research to pilots? Well, because pilots are very reliable and credible witnesses. Uh, Their jobs and their lives of their passengers depend on them. They must be aware of what's going on in the skies around them. 
Unfortunately, most of them ask for anonymity. Really, why is that? Well, I think it's because of fear of ridicule or worse, fear of losing their jobs. I mean, no airline wants to be promoted with the slogan, fly us and see a UFO. Might increase business. Fortunately, we do have a pilot who has come forward and has enough courage to share his experiences. Captain Neil Daniels, who flew for United Airlines for 35 years. Captain Daniels, thanks for being here. Would you tell us about your experience with a UFO? Uh, I was piloting a flight from San Francisco to Boston on uh, March the 12th in uh, 1977. At an altitude of uh, 37,000 feet, I became aware of a blinding bright white light out to the left of the DC-10. I estimated it to be at about a thousand yards. and. Uh, I don't know, the object could have been several hundred feet in diameter, but it didn't read on ground radar. Could you tell what it was? No. Could it have been a commercial flight or a military aircraft? Absolutely not. Uh, at the speed at which it departed, I've never seen anything like it. Could it have been a light in your, uh, a cockpit light in the window of your plane that went out and it looked like it went up or something instead? Or even like the the moonlight reflecting off the uh, a cloud or something uh, off swamp gas and uh, exactly you know, and, you know. and Venus. Uh, sorry, I'm yep. using all the tropes. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I th- and I think I mentioned this in one of our episodes earlier episodes. You know, there there's a point where you know somebody was talking about they were interviewing a police officer who who swore that it wasn't Venus mm-hmm. because it was moving. And somebody pointed out, well, you were in your car and you were moving. <laughs> and, and then the police officer kind of paused and went, you know, you're right. <laughs> by, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, this will be released uh, on December 16th. Uh, on the evening of December 21st, right after sunset, if you look to the rises in these sets in the west, uh, in the west you will see probably what looks like a really, really, really bright planet. Uh, And you might think it's Venus. It actually will not be. Uh, It will actually be the superior conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. They will, to the unaided eye, look like one giant planet. It's not a UFO, and it's not Venus. No. So, there you go. Now you know. Um, so if you are listening to this before December 21st, 2020, uh, and, and right, after, right after sunset, go outside and look. It should be really cool. All right, back, back to this clip. And uh, 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 Captain uh, Daniel's story of something or other. Was this object in any way a threat to your plane? Uh, the three compasses were indicating opposite directions, and the plane was veering off and banking to the left from the, by a strong magnetic pole. <laughs> well, how did you and your crew react? Uh, the flight engineer kept repeating, uh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> I don't want to know about no. it. Did you file a report? It was a short layover, and the FAA would have hassled me all night, so I let it go. So that was the end of that? Yes, but uh, six months later, I was on a hunting trip with my boss, and uh, I told him the story, and he said, Gee, I'm sorry you told me that. Strange things happen to people who have these sightings. Strange things? Like what? Well, in my experience, people are fearful of losing their jobs or being... Or being disappeared by the government. Um, okay, uh, th- this guy is brave enough to come forward, except I believe they said he's retired as a pilot. Yes. Uh, he did not file a report. 
and only yes. mentioned it to his boss six months later. Allegedly. And, by the way, six months later, I'm pretty sure some details changed. Well, I mean, by that point, the, the flight crew has spoken to each other, and so it's kind of set in their mind. And, they they you know, give and themselves ideas, uh, you know. Exactly. You know, refresh their memory of things that happened that probably didn't actually happen, but exactly, yeah, exactly. And and this is this is why, for example, the police when they when they take witnesses, they separate the witnesses so the witnesses don't start talking to each other mm-hmm. about what happened, and and even innocently. I mean, not 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 even with with any uh, malicious intent, but even innocently, just sort of talking about things, it, it kind of crystallizes, and soon everybody has the same story. Mm-hmm. So by by this point, six months later, I'm sure over a drink, the flight crew that sat around and said, "Boy, was that weird," and then just sort of talked about things, and uh, you know, I don't want to say made, necessarily made things up, but you know, remembered things in incorrect ways, and you know, and as memory does, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Uh, yeah, after this, they, they show the clip from Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, I, I would have stopped. Ta- if if I was watching this at the time and actually taking it seriously, I would have stopped right from that point. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. And uh, as we come back from commercial break, UFO sightings are happening all over the world. And they have some report from Iran, which yeah. uh, again another very famous episode in uh, in in which a, a, an Iranian fighter pilot over Tehran chased a UFO. People in Tehran saw saw all, all these U- this UFO and, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and you know, Iran is just a you know yes completely completely reliable source. Um, Although to be to be fair, this was before the revolution. Oh, so, okay. okay. You know. Because the revolution was in seventy nine, right? So, uh, yes. And this 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 incident was from seventy six. Okay. So the Shah was still in power. I'm not I'm not saying that the Shah and his and his government was in any way valid, uh, <laughs> or that that adds credibility to okay. it. We don't have to get political here. Yeah, but yeah, however, until we that get to USSR, was, that, that was before the revolution. Yes. <laughs> Just to make it clear. Uh, let's see. Then they talked, uh, they talked to a guy by the name of Bob Berry, uh, and he talks about a UFO sighting in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the film footage that they show appears to show something blinking and moving, uh, and then light up the whole sky. Yeah. My problem with a lot of these videos is you never get a sense of scale. No, no. You know, looking at a dot in the sky with no horizon no you know no trees no nothing nothing for scale i mean that could be a fly hovering in the sky or something like yeah. you know 5 feet from the camera or it could be it could be a ufo you know 60,000 feet in the air you just don't know yeah, and the also the also thing is too that you know um, they could be two two different things, mm-hmm. right? They 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 assume that the flashing light and the 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 bright light that they see are the same thing. 
that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, it could be it it could just be a flash of lightning. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there there does not necessarily have to be a storm to get lightning. No. And you could get a flash of lightning once and that's it. Like yeah. you won't see another one for the, you know, for days. <laughs> right. Um, oh, now we talk to uh, Sergey Balant- Balantsev. Yeah, Balantsev. Uh, he is from he is from Mother Russia, uh, and they talk about UFO sightings in Russia because you know, of course, these are all trustworthy and honest. And uh, by the way, um, I, I did a little looking on this guy. Uh, at a uh, UFO convention, uh, Sergey said that uh, he said that aliens that visit the USSR are better looking than those that visit the US. <laughs> do, do we have to take this guy seriously? <laughs> or, or actually, he would have said that in a more wooden-like fashion mm. because he could not speak on camera. Very well. I'm not going to try and do a Russian accent. No. So, uh, uh, let me see if I can. But he was not very good All right. at the speaking. I, I'm going to uh, play some. And a report from Iran. On September guy, York, Pennsylvania. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to play the the Iran clip or the uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba clip. By the way, the guy that they talked to, that that Bob Berry, he was in York, Pennsylvania, talking about something out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Of course. Because <laughs> he read it somewhere. Okay. Uh, I am just looking for a spot to go in here. All right. Here we go. Investigator who has researched many encounters with UFOs in the Soviet Union, Mr. Sergei Bulansov. Welcome, Sergei. Oh, yes. Yep. Sergei, can you hear me? The, the hazards of live TV. Is this on? We don't seem to be getting through. I've been listening to the show, Michael. It's really very exciting. I am very pleased to be a part of it. Thank you, sir. Tell me, what are the most impressive recent UFO reports in the USSR? In 1984, a Tupolev aircraft flying from Tbilisi to Tallinn encountered a UFO at 4:10 a.m. Okay, I I I could I, I could barely listen to it the first time. I'm not listening to it a second time. Uh, yeah, he just goes through a bunch of these. UFO sightings that, you know, yeah. meh. One of the interesting things is is that he, he talks about this one in Moscow where, the, where where these people saw this sort of egg-like thing. And I, once they said that, all I could think of was Mork from Orc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually wrote in my notes, Nanu, Nanu. <laughs> it's like... It. Um, again, like he shows photos. And again, you know, same thing as with video. You have no 
context to a photo. No. It's very difficult to judge size and distance in a photo. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... uh, Oh, and I have in my notes, if he says moose and scroll, I will be so happy. (laughs) Um, uh, There's a KGB agent off camera holding a gun to make sure he says the right things. Of course. Um... Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and then they go, okay, so they go into, uh, they discuss some of the noted hoaxes. So, here's my problem. And, and the, same, the same thing goes with ghosts. We don't have a scientifically verified and validated UFO sighting. So how do we know what a real UFO sighting looks like? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's thousands of hoaxes out there. Um, so why couldn't the ones that you think might be real also be hoaxes? Yeah. Um, Ah uh, yes. Uh, oh, and then okay. Now, now Beach talks to the, uh, the 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 nice suburban New York couple uh, mm-hmm. who had an encounter of the first kind. Yeah, uh, uh, was the Puzzle Yeah, something uh, like that. Uh, yeah, in Brewster, New York. Uh, yeah. re- residents there reported seeing UFO. Maybe it was just the woman's hair. <laughs> well, it was the '80s. Oh man, and oh, it, oh, was it? <laughs> she, she, she definitely had '80s hair. Okay, so, and, and and again, the, the the photo, the the footage that they put up. Again, this is this is another thing. Is when you look at the lights, and and whenever people comment on, on the these kind of lights, they always assume that it's one object, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's what that's what they thought is like. Look at that thing. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the fact that it could be a number of things, right? right? Like like flares. Mm-hmm. Flares would, would it, if they're close enough together, the flares may look like one object, mm-hmm. even though they're they're not. Right. right? So there's, there's always this assumption when when you look at things and you know flying V's and and wedges and things like that that it's based on the assumption that 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 this is one object, when in fact they could be. Multiple objects. Um, also remember, uh, you know, they said it's a boomerang-shaped object. Yes. Um, well, have you ever looked at a plane from underneath? Of course. You know, the wings are kind of like V-ish shaped. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like, um, um, oh, what's that thing that they throw in Australia? A boomerang! Yes. <laughs> Um, it could have been a, an airplane bank, you know, making a bank turn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't know. Exactly. Um, so they, they talked, you know, he talked to like this couple for like a whole two minutes. Um, well, that's the thing about this, this, this is, is like you, you get a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
but not a lot it, of anything. <laughs> no, exactly, because it's never in depth. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you never see these people again. Right? There's no mm-hmm. real, in, quote unquote, investigation. The, the only one we see again is old, is, is old, uh, you know, Soviet Sergei over here. Of course. He, he comes back. Well, they had to pay for that satellite feed. Yes. Today you could do it over Skype. Um, <laughs> uh, now, we, uh, now we have Becky and Vicky. Yes. They were coming home from playing bingo, and they saw a UFO that was diamond-shaped with fire shooting out of the bottom of it. That burned them. That burned them, yes. And they were all, like, they, they were all like sick and stuff for a few days and yes. stuff. And, um, and then they saw helicopters. Um, I, I'm assuming unmarked black helicopters. Yes, of course. Um, that, that they ID'd as uh, CH-47 Chinook helicopters. Mm-hmm. So my guess is... So, my guess is that uh, you know they were just shown photos of helicopters and they identified what what it looked like. Yes, of course. So, you know, I'm not. So I'm not going to say that you know the, these two are like you know experts on military hardware or anything. <laughs> no, I, I heard that. <laughs> it looked like this. Yeah, it did. Um, the problem again is eyewitness testimony is unreliable yes but but however they have corroborate corroboration because okay. then falcon comes on oh yes falcon of course <laughs> and he says it was real yeah now, because i are trust you, are, you, are you going to disbelieve falcon <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry i have to disbelieve falcon <laughs> um Oh yeah, I and I do. I remember seeing it was an episode. It was I can't. I think it was on History Channel before they you know went full like alien you know alien conspiracies and stuff like that. Um, and pawn shops. Um, and Oak Island. Oak Island. <laughs> um, they they did this special on like uh, you know discussing UFOs and witnesses to UFOs, and they staged this walk. Like out somewhere, I, I think it was out. You know, it was like not far from like Roswell or whatever. And they set up what's supposed to look like a UFO crash scene. And but it wasn't part. You know, it wasn't supposed to be part of you know the the premise. You know, like the people are going out for a like a nature walk. Yeah. And they come across this UFO crash with all these military people and they were rushed by and they were asked, you know, when they came back like an hour later, what they had seen. And then they were asked a month later what they had seen. And pretty much everyone's story had changed. Yeah. Like people were, you know, talking to each other about it and yeah. And that's what happens. And Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is eight years later that they're talking about this story. So probably a little embellishment. Sure. Just, I mean, you little. know, because, you know, again, they've probably told it before, too. And, you know, it, it, it adapts just mm-hmm. like all stories do, right? Um, 
And uh, uh, I have here, God, Mike Farrell is a really bad patronizing interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, as you said, we hear from Falcon. Yep. Um. Uh, and I don't even... I don't even want to go through the next section here because it's <laughs> regression hypnotherapy. Well, at some point we have to talk about Bud Hopkins. Oh, we could talk about Bud Hopkins here because uh, I have a feeling you know a lot about him. Well, yeah, and I've I've heard an interview with his, with his ex-wife, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, she she's a believer. She like like. She she is somebody who believes in, that UFOs have been visiting us. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> she doesn't think that Bud Hopkins has proven anything. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, because because one of the things that she because the interviewer asked her about um, you know implanting you know uh, false memories, and one of the things she she said is he didn't have to implant false memories. In, in the the people he hypnotized, because he would send them information ahead of time. Oh, so essentially they knew what he was looking for mm-hmm. even before they got there, uh, right? Because he would say, you know, these are the kinds of things we're looking for, mm-hmm. right? And so again, you know, even under hypnosis. You know, ideas will, you know, things that you've you've learned will will come to the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the by the way, they talked to uh, uh, Rima Lebow. Yes, she's a hypnotherapist, I guess. Uh, is she reading off a teleprompter, or has has she uh, really memorized her Roswell UFO festival speech? Yeah, no, I, I yeah, no, I think this is something that she's given. She's, this, she's is her, this is her party trick. That's her. That that's that's her pitch. I mean, yep. it, I I've listened to uh, when I was working in a research lab. I listened to my boss say the same thing like ten times over a year. The exact same thing verbatim. Of course. So yeah, it's because you know, especially especially if you're trying to sort of sell something or mm-hmm. get something for us. I'm as, as a professor, I do it all the time. I hear myself saying the same thing over right. and over <laughs> sometimes to the same class. Um, but, um, you know, just because you, you figured out the proper way of expressing yourself, mm-hmm. right? You, you've, 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 you've struggled to find the proper words. And then when you do, you keep those words because that's the right way to say it. Right. Okay. So, at this point, where we are, we're halfway through. Yes. And we still have not heard any contrarian input. No. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert, we do get we do get the skeptics uh, in this episode. It's true. Or in this show. We get them for about six minutes at the end. Yes, exactly. And then they go back into uh, even more stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, Oh, here we go. All right. And this is one I messaged you about while I was watching it. Yes, you did. Um, Old Jesse. Yes. So we're going to talk about the Roswell incident. Yes. And 
So they talked to Jesse Marcel. Yeah. His father. (laughs) Yes. His father was on the, I guess, on the cleanup for the Roswell incident. Yes. Yeah. He's the one who gave the initial press conference saying it was UFO and then backtracked. Mm hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to start playing a clip here. Okay. The next day, Brazel's father went out on horseback to check for property damage and came upon the wreckage of a strange aircraft which fanned out for nearly half a mile. The corpses were found a couple of miles from the site of the crash. Wait, just a moment. Corpses, dead alien bodies, uh, called extraterrestrial biological entities, EBEs if you wish. We got reports that they appeared to be small humanoid bodies with large hairless heads wearing one-piece, seamless, gray, skin-like clothing. We assume they must have ejected from their craft uh, with some kind of ejection capsule. The Air Force came and recovered the bodies and took them away for autopsies. Gentlemen, autopsies, EBEs, this is rather unsettling information. Level with us. What do we know to be fact? We know these are the facts. A very strange spacecraft exploded. Pieces of the... No! (laughs) All right, let's continue craft were recovered no several bodies were found and removed along with the wreckage we can no (laughs) proved the story was covered up very quickly at the highest level and given a classification above top secret flying saucers are real period first person sent by the air force to investigate the crash site and to take care of the wreckage was a major jesse marcel Let's meet his son, Dr. Jesse Marcel, who was 12 years old at the time and, needless to say, has never forgotten that incident. Welcome, Dr. Marcel. Nice to see you. Jesse. Jesse. Doctor, tell us, if you will, about the night your dad came home from that crash site. My my father came home with his car loaded with debris after investigating the crash site. He brought the material into the house where he, my mother, and I sorted through the stuff. Mongler was a foil-like sheathing alloy. It was metallic, and it looked like the skin of an aircraft, but it was unlike anything I had ever seen. Also, there was an I-beam about a foot to a foot and a half in length, about one half inch across. The inner surface had hieroglyphic-like symbols on it, like Egyptian symbols, as I recall them. And what was the Air Force's explanation of all this? The explanation was that a weather balloon had crashed. Did your father think it was a weather balloon? Anything but. I believe the meaning behind his words was that he suspected there might have been some kind of cover-up. What happened to all this debris you've described? Well, the debris which had been removed was never seen again. It was taken from your house? To Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, Dr. Marcel, you've examined the material firsthand. You've had a long time to think about it. What is your assessment of the Roswell incident? I held the material in my hand. It was not from this Earth or this universe. Or this universe. That's what I think. We're not alone. So I have a lot of questions about this clip. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, these are my notes. Now we are going to talk to the son, Jesse Marcel, of a guy who helped clean up the Roswell uh, crash or you know, whatever site. He was 12 years old at the time. They kind of gloss that over. Mm-hmm. So his memory should be completely flawless. Uh, yes. Okay, then they st- you you heard it yourself. They start playing this loud, horrible music over his story. It's true. Um, 
some of the some of the material was like something he had never seen <laughs> at age 12 <laughs> at that age you haven't seen a whole lot of anything it's true this doofus examined the material firsthand 41 years earlier at age 12 <laughs> So here, here's the other question I have. So <laughs> you have this. So say it is an alien, right? Say mm-hmm. say it's a flying saucer. Mm-hmm. So you have this very top secret crash, mm-hmm. and some guy takes it home in his car. <laughs> in his car to his family? Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I I I <sighs> highly doubt that the Air Force would let this guy just toss stuff in his car and <laughs> drive it home and show it to his family. Oh. But but let's let's also, you know, these voices we heard just so that everybody knows, one of them was Bill Moore, mm-hmm. who was, has been discredited because he's been <laughs> allegedly part of the disinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other voice is Stanton Friedman. Okay. Who is definitely a believer. So it's like, again, when we get this story, we get Bill Moore, Stanton Freeman, and Jesse Marcel Jr., who all know each other. You, you <laughs> can even tell when they when he came on, they said, hi. He, he goes, hi, Bill. Hi, Jesse. Right? It's like they, they have their story rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I said, like, even, even if, if they're not being malicious, if they're not to distort things, they've the three of them together have told this story so often mm-hmm. that they know exactly what to say and when to say it. And, and it's still, and it's still, and pardon my language, it's still a really shitty story. Right, right. <laughs> bringing, bringing home, bringing home the alien craft to your family. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, would they, would they like? Assuming it was a UFO. Now, I don't believe it was a UFO, but assuming it was a real UFO, the U- the American Air Force is going to let this guy bring it home to his family? Yeah, sure, why not? So. I don't <laughs> think so. Especially when you're in Area 51, a high-security, top-secret military base to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right, you know this is this is not just jump some Joe Smo, you know, lower level Air Force officer who happened to pick something up and wander home with it to show it to his family. Right, this is a guy who works at Area Fifty One, one of the <laughs> one of the highest security military bases mm-hmm. in the American military. Oh. It's like I don't even think he's going to. I don't even think he would assume that he could bring it bring it home. <laughs> Uh, so now, now we have, now we have these, uh, two filmmaker dopes. <laughs> I sound like Oliver now. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're channeling your inner, your inner Oliver Rockside. Yes. Uh, talking about how they witnessed, uh, UFO, a UFO landing and then seeing a movie of alleged aliens that they wanted to use for their TV show, but were told they couldn't. The footage was supposedly, too real to be faked <laughs> whatever the hell that means 
I've seen some TV shows with some pretty real looking, uh, yeah, you know, UFO landings. Yes. Not in Plan Nine from under no, space. No, 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 God, no. <laughs> that was beyond the pale. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't even remember the rest of this story, and I, I don't want to play the clip for this. <laughs> No, because we come back to Bud Hopkins mm-hmm. and Gulf Breeze. Gulf Breeze, you know what? The, this is this is worth it just because I'm going to tell you right now. Gulf Breeze, Florida, and the UFO that allegedly 100 people or you know more than 100 people witnessed was a hoax. Yeah, and it's been proven as a hoax. It was a piece of styrofoam. Yeah. Because because a reporter, Craig Myers, actually reproduced the photos yes. himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they have, uh, uh, let's see, uh, photographic experts were not able to tell if the photos were fakes. And Ed took not one, but two lie detector tests and passed them both. I know, because we know that lie detectors are infallible. And we finally get our, I feel like we finally get our first naysayer in this episode. Yes. And this is a JPL uh, photo photo analyst who says uh, the photos appear to be double exposures, uh, different focus levels, and there are lighting disparities. Yes. Uh, Now, to be completely fair and balanced, they have an optical physicist for the U.S. Navy uh, to say that the photos are, in fact, real. Well, again, I, we, we get into this this definition of things, mm-hmm. like real. They, they could like, be, you know, if I, if I set up a photo of a styrofoam thing hovering over the ground and go out and take a picture of it, you're not going to be able to tell, you won't be able to say that, you know, you could say this was one shot. This was yes. not a double exposure. Yeah. Um, but it's still a fake UFO. Right. Because I mean, that's the thing. When it, when it's real, it, all it proves is it wasn't manipulated. Right. Like an 18, 1988 version of Photoshop. We, mm-hmm. we can tell that it wasn't Photoshopped or, or that that's that's all when you say it's a real photo. Mm-hmm. That's all it says. It's, it's like it's, the photo has, itself hasn't been man- manipulated. It's a photo that was taken. That doesn't mean the UFO is <laughs> real. Exactly. <laughs> As you said, that just means you've taken a photo of a styrofoam UFO. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... All right now, and now Falcon uh, is back, and uh, he completely discredits himself because he supports the Majestic Twelve documents. Yes, um, which yeah, okay. Uh, to be fair, they were not discovered to be a hoax until much later. Uh, yes. When when was that again that they were finally discovered to be a hoax? Um, Wasn't it twenty twelve? Uh, something like that. Yeah, it was. It was like fairly recently. Yeah, and like I say here, we talked about MJ twelve on our. Oh yeah, hoaxes episode. 
Now, now keep in mind that that doesn't mean that people, everybody believed that the MJ-12 documents were real at the time. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was then that they proved that they were hoaxes. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, again, you know, it, you know, just like, just like, you know, talking about a real photograph, you know, yes, the documents were not believed by everyone and, you know, uh, but it doesn't make them true if anyone did believe them. Uh, and, and, and they were real in the sense that they were created by a government department. They they were created by a person on paper. Yes. There was no double no double exposures no. and no lighting disparities. Um no. Yes. Uh so they go re- they they go completely overboard trying to convince uh viewers that they have absolutely verified this Falcon's credentials. Yes. Apparently there was an alien that was a guest of the US in 1988 that wrote a book. Mm. Maybe it was Alf. <laughs> Did he yeah, try to eat your time. cat? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. About the same time, cats mysteriously started to disappear. Yes. <laughs> uh, so then they go through this cornball interview with both Falcon and Condor. Yeah. Um, as I say here, I don't think I would have been buying this when it aired, and I was fourteen. <laughs> Uh, Falcon regales us with information about aliens, and it all sounds made up or utopian. Yes. And then uh, Sergey. Sergey is back to talk about Tunguska. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Tunguska was a comet. Thank you. Have a nice day. Uh, Another thing that we uh, talked about in the In Search of. Yes. Uh, he's trying to claim that there were two objects, uh, one that exploded and another that was looking for the first one that exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and then finally, 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 they dedicate less than 10 minutes to the skeptics. Yes. Uh, the because first, the, they, the skeptics are party poopers. Yep. Uh, the first, the first one they talked to is a hypnosis expert, who says that uh, regression does not improve recall. No. Uh, regression therapy has been proven to be uh, snake oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a NASA UFO point man who states plainly that they have received no physical evidence of UFOs, so they can't test the claims. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that's because in Roswell, there was a cover-up, mm-hmm. and they took all that that top-secret stuff back from Jesse Marcel's house. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, they said there are hoaxes and people who have claimed to have felt something, <laughs> which, you know, that's all it is. Um, the final skeptic says that in some cases, the reports of flying saucers may be welcomed because the UFO is in you know is actually a secret military test. <laughs> yes. So yeah, you see something flying across the sky and say, "Oh, look, it's a UFO." Yeah, yeah, it's a UFO. That's that's what it is. Uh-huh. Definitely a new warship that we're trying out. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's like, it's it's like the Roswell thing where people say, mm-hmm. "Well, it was it wasn't a weather balloon." 
Right. Yes, but even if it wasn't a weather balloon, that doesn't mean that even if the Air yeah. Force was lying about that, that doesn't make it a UFO, an alien. Mm-hmm. What that would tell me is that it was some kind of top secret military <laughs> uh, plane or something like that, and they wanted to hush it up, so they said it was a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. I have no problems believing in Roswell that the Air Force lied. Right. However, <laughs> that doesn't mean <laughs> that they're covering up UFOs and right. aliens. <sighs> so, oh, by the way, and I forgot to mention this, uh, they, they did give out another phone, another pair of phone numbers. Yes. Or was it, it was one phone number and they just asked the question, uh, 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 uh do you support a congressional investigation into UFOs? <laughs> so now we have a res- the results of all of our all of our um, um, silliness from from all of this. Um. So all all these phone numbers. Uh, first of all, no encounter. Uh, the 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 fifth number that they gave. Twenty percent of people called up and said they didn't have an encounter. Why would you call to say you didn't have an encounter? <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't get that. Well, I, actually, what's funny is, um, I, I'm guessing like ninety nine percent of people didn't have an encounter, but only twenty percent called. Yes. Sixty six percent had a close encounter of the first kind. Ooh, that just means like they saw a UFO. Yeah, they saw a light in the sky. Uh, uh, the second kind, uh, 5%. So they actually saw marks and, you know, they, their their yeah. car got crushed by a UFO. Um, Some alien waved to them as yeah. they were going to. Uh, 3% had a close encounter of the third kind. In other words, they actually spoke to the aliens. Or, or saw the movie. Uh-huh. And uh, the fourth kind, uh, 6% got anal probes. Oh, <laughs> uh, and let's see. Uh and and do you support a congressional investigation? 87% said yes. Yes. <sighs> 80% of people who willingly watched a UFO live thing supported. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, that's that's like asking the choir, do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to get a high percentage of people saying yes. Yeah. Uh, so now, now I would have watched it in 88, so I'm not I'm not disparaging anybody cuz I would have watched it myself. Oh, I know. So would I have. But what, what do, do we know what channel this was on? Uh, I'm not sure in the in the US. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not I, I sure should we... try to find this out. Um, uh, let's see. So so we heard testimony, but we were not given any proof. No. Um, they had people that they claimed to be from the highest level of government and know things, but also believe in things that were later found to be hoaxes, which they should have known all along were hoaxes. Yes. I'm, I'm talking, of course, about Majestic 12. Um, I I honestly, I hate programs that say, you be the judge. Yeah. Um, because, no, public opinion does not determine science. No. As I said earlier, 
just because people just because there might be people who believe Elvis is still alive doesn't make him any less dead. It's true. Uh, just because you believe that you saw a UFO doesn't mean that there are UFOs or aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, if all this was it, if everything going on in this show was true, wouldn't the government have shut it down before it even aired? You would think so. Um, I, I could say right now that Steve and I recorded an episode of the Illuminati Social Club that exposed every bit of truth about the UFO cover-up, but agents from the government came and took the files from my computer. They did. That, that actually happened. Um, we we yep. had a great conversation. We exposed everything, yep. everything about UFOs. But then, you know, the men in black came and destroyed my computer. Yep. Yeah. Although, to be fair, as members of the Illuminati, we probably shouldn't have done that in the first place. Yeah, that's true. We should have known better. Yes, I know. Sorry. Boy, did we get a grilling at the next meeting. Yeah, oh, no man. kidding. Oh, boy. <sighs> yeah, they really uh, yeah, well, really, they, they, they really know how to pile it on, too. They, they do. Uh, yeah, and on top of everything, we have... N- no absolutely clear-cut cases of alien abduction. We have no proof of alien spacecraft in such a way that we can test individual sightings against it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I mean, that's the whole thing. Are Are there aliens? Maybe. Probably. Most likely there's life in the universe. Besides yes. us, um, most I'm gonna I'm gonna even go out on a limb and say most likely there's even intelligent life, mm-hmm. but we don't. Yeah, I can't say that there is. No, nobody nobody can say that there is because we have not tested it. We haven't seen it. We haven't experienced it. I, somebody might have felt something that they thought was extraterrestrial, but sorry. Your feelings are not evidence. Yeah. Uh, we can't test those. No. And I'm, I'm going to channel Grover Krantz. Yes. And if you do see an alien, shoot it. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't. <laughs> Do not follow Steve's advice. Because Grover Clance was the, the Bigfoot guy who said, shoot shoot it. Even, shoot yeah. a Bigfoot. Even if it's the last of its kind, shoot it, because that we can prove that it existed. Yes. So It doesn't exist anymore. Alien, shoot it. <laughs> if you see something, say something. Um uh, so yeah, I've come to the end of my notes. We've come to the end of this train wreck <laughs> i mean <sighs> i love watching it though i watch it every once in a while i'll put it back on just just sit back <laughs> when i need to relax and have a little bit of a laugh um yeah this i they've done other stuff i know fox did stuff like this uh like in the 90s i know well let's see they did um 
the moon landing hoax. Yeah. Which by the, by the way, uh, look up Phil plate, bad astronomy, uh, moon landing hoax. And he rips that entire show apart. <laughs> it is great. Um, I, I won't go into it just because others have done such a better job than I, um, yeah, this whole, the, the whole, this whole UFO disaster thing that we're talking about, go watch it. Uh, if you need a laugh, I mean, first of all, this, the, the eighties style is, you know, is yes. it, it's worth it just for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Beach is a horrible interviewer. He is. He's not, he, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Farrell and I'm a huge fan of MASH, but this is not his best hour. <laughs> they should have well, got, yeah. they should have gotten, and, and this was scripted too. Yes. So get somebody, you know, who, who has some, get some washed up, like old news anchor guy to host this. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody who's done this before. Exactly. Not not BJ Honeycut. No. Um It's uh yeah, this this has just been Steve, thank thank you for pointing this one out to us. No problem. Um yeah, we definitely have to uh definitely have to look for more more bizarre videos and stuff. Uh oh I got I got loads of them. Oh man. <laughs> please please make them shorter next time <laughs> by by the way this was one hour 26 minutes on youtube yeah it was a two hour special on tv which means there was over a half hour of commercials yes and movie clips from plan nine from outer space um <laughs> and earth versus the flying yeah, saucer yes uh yeah, because that, those are those are absolute proof of UFOs. Of course. Anyway, folks. Uh, so, oh, sorry, Steve. Anything else you want to add at the end of all this? And no, just that. Again, this is one of my favorite bad <laughs> UFO shows that I have to watch every <laughs> once in a while. Um. Yeah, and we will be uh, we'll be doing something else. You know, we'll be doing more UFO stuff uh, in in the near future. Mm-hmm. Possibly, well, I don't know about this year, but uh, you know, maybe in the definitely in the new year, we'll be we'll be talking more more UFOs. Which, to be fair, is like in three weeks. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know. I don't know if I'm. We're gonna have time to do anything else, but no. Ah, uh, Steve, where can people find you out there? Well, I'm on the interweb at, at Doc Pinko. You can also find me talking Mad Men with our, our friend uh, Dr. Dave Broadbeck at uh, Sterling Cooper, David, and Steve. Yes. And um, Stories from Sackville where my friend Peter Courtney and I drink too much and uh, <laughs> get nostalgic about growing up in a suburb in, of Halifax in the 1970s and 80s. Excellent. You could find me at Alien CG on the Twitter. You could find uh, this podcast at Illuminati Pod. You can find me and Oliver Rockside discussing uh, music on In Your Ear Holes, currently on a bi-weekly schedule because, you know, end of the year stuff. Uh, you can find me and Stephanie talking about food and stuff on, uh, on the SGMR podcast. And uh, what else? Do I have any others? Yeah. 
Eh, you can check out the show hole if you want. Um, anyway, folks, uh, have a go watch this episode and have a good uh, have a, have a good week and uh, happy holidays. Yes, have a happy holidays. Bye bye.